0: Good morning everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us today. So for our opening song um the song is about pretty much following God and letting God lead us through um through whatever times we're going through and it's um, cuz for me I feel like we're in like this perpetual desert time this perpetual wandering time because everything's changing with um with all the stuff that's going on like covid and everything and it's just it just feels like everything is just constantly wandering and we're always searching and looking and it it really hit me hard the other day and so this song is to help remind us that as we wander through this crazy time no matter what it looks like that we still follow God and that God is still God
1: Sometimes the night is beautiful Sometimes the sky was so far away Sometimes it seemed to stoop so close. You could touch it, but your heart would break. Sometimes the morning came too soon. Sometimes the day could be so hard. There was so much work left to do, but so much you'd already. No but... step by step you lead me and i will follow you all of my day
2: Thanks sir i know it feels so awkward let me just be like hey forget 6 feet um hey thank you so much for joining us this week uh, i pray that you're staying <laughs> safe physically but i pray that you're your uh you're challenging yourself spiritually and that this is a season Even though we may be at home more, we may be apart more. I know there's a desperation to be together more right now, but you're still challenging yourself. This series has been on desperation. It's the desperation of God in some way. How can we be desperate for God, for God's presence, for God's voice, for God's community? And today it's about literally being desperate for God's heart for others. Uh, And so today I pray that you are truly taking in this desperation, this understanding of how is it that we need to long for Christ and long for our Lord every single day we get up. Uh, And so, today, to get our hearts ready, uh, we are going to do the Lord's Prayer to kind of start things off. Uh, So, let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen all right let's get ready to sing
0: make sure you look up the lyrics on your phones The uh, first song is break every chain and in our desperation you know what chain's got to be broken what like what is making us desperate that jesus needs to come in and take those chains away
1: There's an army singing out. There's an enough- army. There is power, sing it to the Lord, lift your chains to him. There
3: is power.
0: we come to our time of offering um, we want to think about things that are going on like for instance like we're serving we're big time serving the schools the school systems and that um, as, we, as the schools go back um, there are some schools that are not going to be able to provide um, uh, equipment and provide uh, materials for their teachers so um, that's something big that we do for, from the wells that we go out into the schools and we service the schools and we do that like giving electrolyte popsicles to the band, which are delicious, by the way. Um, electrolyte popsicles or hydrating the band, or coffee for teachers, and whatever that means. So, as we give, you know, make, that's what we do it for. It's not you know to put more stuff in the building, and get more things, but to go out. There are multiple ways to give. You can give with a true blue check and mail it to the well. You can <laughs> I like saying that. Okay. You can also give via text, and you can give via the website so and as we go through this crazy time that um the giving always goes out and that's what's so important what's so awesome about what we do is that we're always in the community so just remember that as we go through it to continue to be faithful because we're not out of the woods yet
1: let to tell his wife. He's out of work. He's buying time. All those people going somewhere. Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can Far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forget
2: some people in this world that possess a particular special ability that that for some folks uh, just doesn't come easy. This special ability uh, for them is completely effortless. It doesn't really matter uh, if they're an introverted or extroverted person. It doesn't matter if they are young or old. Uh, It doesn't matter if they are rich or poor. Uh, To be quite honest with you, they just possess a very natural, strong ability, and here is the ability they like people. Um, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard for some folks to like people, but these people get it down. Uh, no doubt about it, they have it down. You know who they are. Uh, these are people who will uh, literally give you the shirt off their back. You can call them day or night, anytime, doesn't matter, and they will literally be right there. like, no hesitation. They will jump right on anything. They don't want recognition. Uh, recognition. They don't want any kind of payment. Uh, They don't want anything, they're just simply so full of love and they so care about everybody else around them that it overflows out of their life uh, and they're willing to come and and help. Um, I had a guy, uh, and this is, I'm going to give an example just, and y'all have heard this example before, that there was one day I was sitting in Tupelo uh, in my house and this rainstorm comes and in our house at Tupelo we had a western facing wall. So like our family room uh, was like an extension to the house and it was western facing and so we caught every storm from that side of the house. And as we were sitting there, the storm was particularly bad that day. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, this is so loud. Like the rain is absolutely pouring down. Except it, it, was. it, was, it was. It was pouring down in my house. <laughs> and it was coming through my roof. And there was a valley uh, at where the extension had met with the regular part of the roof that had never had metal flashing put in it. And it had worn out, and, and water was literally pouring into my house. And I remember thinking, "Holy cow, how am we going to get this done?" And I remember uh, uh, the children's minister at the time, Kristen Parton, uh, you know, asking me how the weekend had gone or something like that. And I was like, "Oh man, you know, I had rain in my house." Uh, and her husband, Wes, um, who I hope and pray is watching, because uh, just just want you to know how much of an impact this had on me. Uh, within the next day or two days, he was the Habitat director for uh, Lee County. And within the next day or so. That joker, I drive up after work one day and he is uh, in my driveway. I see this truck in my driveway and he's up on my roof and he's fixing my roof. I didn't ask him to. Uh, He just did it because he loved us, because he cared for us, and that was how he cared for everybody. I would love to go, man, I know we're special, but I know that he did that for everybody. We have those folks. We have those folks in our congregation, uh, and you know that. You know the moment that I start naming people, I'm going to leave somebody out. Uh, and so I want to be very careful about doing that. Um, but you know, I've, I've, I've had it where even in, in my own life here in our congregation where I have been somewhere and needed help and somebody was like, gotcha. And they went right there and were right and, and they were right on it. This ability to love others and care about others and to like people is not easy. For some people it's just the opposite, right? People annoy them. They have to be careful of the jobs that they get simply because they're around the public. Um, and so they love those jobs that, uh, that would not be around public, um, Uh, Some people ask me sometimes, you you get in those seasons. I think, too, this is seasonal when you like people and you don't like people. Some people have asked me sometimes, what do you think? How do you think the church would be better? You catch me on the wrong day, and it's like, well, if the church didn't have people, God could really move. You know, like like you have those moments where you're just like, ugh. (laughs) And those things are hard for some folks uh, to be able to care about others, just to be able to like others. And I promise you we can all think of those. Uh, right off the top of our head, too. And I promise you that right now, some of those people who are watching, some of you who are watching know that that's you. Um, and, and we have, you know, uh, and that's okay. We have some of those in our congregation, too. Um, we need all kinds of people, right, <laughs> to be a part of the congregation of Christ, to be a part of God's community. Uh, but I'll be honest with you. As believers, we have all been called to seek after God's heart for others. We have all been called, no matter if we like people or don't like people, uh, and whether we have seasons where we love people and seasons where we don't, we have all been called to have God's heart for others, regardless of whether we possess that special ability or not. Um, I do recognize that it's growing increasingly difficult to do that, uh, as in modern society, and I'm not even calling this Western society, I think in modern society, we have raised and elevated uh, individual desires. Uh, and rights over the good of the community. Um, And I think that that's been, it makes it very, very difficult. So like when you get a, uh, you know, a YOLO, you hear comments like YOLO, right, you only live one life, Uh, and it's all about what can I do, I want to live one life, I'm going to live it my way, the best way. Uh, You have do it, you know, you do you, heard the statements of you do you, you've got the Burger King, the old slogan, they don't use the slogan anymore, but have it your way right away. Um, You know, and social media feeds right into that too, right? All that does is feed our uh, our narcissism, our egos, and all it does is feed the individualism and push it higher and higher. Uh, social media's got good aspects, of course. I'm not railing against social media. I actually had a friend of mine uh, who, uh, when I jumped on um, Snapchat, because when, when Snapchat was a new thing, I jumped on because I wanted to see what other teenagers were doing and, and, and dealing with it uh, and, and what the app was like, because I heard a lot of my students talking about it. And uh, one of my former students saw that I had jumped on Snapchat, and he, he snapped immediately, he sent me a Snapchat that said, uh, welcome to Snapchat, feeding narcissism since 2011. Like it's just it's this idea of we have raised the idea of individualism higher than that of the community. And so I recognize that it's hard. Um, and and hear my heart. I do listen. Individuals are valuable. I'm not saying that individuals are not valuable. For goodness sake, uh, this is why Jesus died on a cross. That's the whole point is that Jesus came and died for us as individuals. So that we can have a healthy community. Because uh, remember, healthy, community, or healthy individuals make healthy community and vice versa. But that's the caveat. Healthy individuals make a healthy community. Um, and this is, this is part of the problem. When we raise ourselves above that of all else, we raise our individual desires above all things. Let's be honest, we make ourselves God. And that's not good. We become deaf to the needs of others. We become deaf to the suffering and sacrifice of others because it's all about me. I don't care about you. It's all about me. Um, this, is, it's about me. It's about my, it's about mine. And during things like a pandemic, this is when this comes out even more than ever is when we be able to look at toilet paper shelves and they're empty because I'm just trying to get it all for me. This is when and why it is so difficult, I think, for some for some to, to recognize that, you know what, I, it's. You know, the mask ordinance is a tough thing to follow for some people because it's I'm uncomfortable, I'm hot, I'm whatever. It's my liberty. And now before you start sending me text messages and emails directly to my phone right here during the middle of the sermon, no, I'm not making a political statement. What I'm saying is we have raised individualism. This is a theological statement. We have raised individualism. We've raised the I, the me, and the mind higher than we have community. We've lost a heart for others. We've lost the concept of greater good. We've lost the concept of God's kingdom sometimes because it's all about my kingdom and not God's kingdom. The series has been about desperation. And it's what are you desperate for when you wake up? You know, are we desperate for God's presence? Are we desperate for God's voice? Are we desperate for God's community? Are we desperate, and this is what today is about, are we desperate to literally attain God's heart for others? Are we desperate for that? So that when we are walking around and we have friendships and we have relationships, and it could be our family members too, that we actually have a heart for them as we have a heart for being desperate for God's presence. Um, The scripture comes out of Ephesians 3. Now, I I want you to know that this has been kind of an ironic piece for me, and I want you to know this. As as Nelson and I were working through and developing this, this series, I very clearly said to him early on, I was like, Ephesians is the way to go. Like this, I really wanted to do a study of Ephesians for this series. And we were like, man, let's do it. Let's do it. And then for whatever reason, at the last second, I went, you know what? I don't feel like this is the right spot. I don't know why Ephesians keeps hitting my heart. and So I'm, I'm just going to push. I'm gonna, we're going to go to desperation. Desperation is really where, it's, where I feel like I'm being led. And then here we are in Ephesians another week. So about half of Ephesians is what we're going to end up talking about by the time this, this series is over. Uh, and that was absolutely not planned. This has been a Holy Spirit thing. We're going to start with Ephesians 3. We're going to read 14 to 19. But this is absolutely going to involve chapter four, all of chapter 2 and all of chapter 3. So watch this. Ephesians four, Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, uh, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power, Literally, I, I want you to know, like, if you listen to the songs that we do, almost all of them point to the theme of the day. When you talk about break every chain, there's power in the name of Christ. Listen to this. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in, the, in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the, Lord, with all the Lord's holy people, To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I don't know if you caught that, but in six verses, he refers to the community and others, he refers to you or yours or something along those lines six different times. Six times in six verses. The focus is on others. And so today, we're gonna talk about a couple of pieces of this puzzle. Uh, But we're also going to see a bigger picture. So the first thing that I want us to understand is the desperation to have God's heart for others begins with prayer. It begins with prayer. Now, in this particular section, he starts off with, for this reason. Now, when he gives you the for this reason, he has expected that you have read or heard being read uh, in worship the rest of the information before it. So allow me to catch you up so you'll understand that why for this reason he's on his knees in prayer. So in chapter 2, uh, he is literally telling the story of salvation. If you remember, we talk about this all the time, is that it comes down to two stories. It's our story, uh, and it's, uh, you become the expert of the gospel story. It's the gospel story and your story. Sorry, let me get put it in the right order. It's the gospel story and your story. Uh, but what Paul does is he interweaves into this, into this argument, so to speak. He's building, uh, as Paul does as a lawyer, he is building a story, he's building a narrative. He's building an argument, so to speak. And so in chapter 2, he is looking at them, and he's not just telling them his story or the gospel story. He's telling them their story first. He is building this argument. He's building this narrative. And so in chapter 2, in verse 1, he talks about it. He says, hey, you were once dead in sin. By 2, by two, verse 2, he's saying, live according to the ways of the world, not of Christ. And then he goes on to say, but you are made alive in Christ, saved by grace through faith in verse 8, and then brought into the household of God in verse 19. And so he's reminding them in this chapter, in chapter 2, this is your story, this is where God has come, this is where Jesus literally has come and saved you. You were here, Christ came, now you are saved, and now you're in the household of God. And then he flips it into chapter 3. And in chapter 3, he's like, now let me tell you my part of the story. So he looks at it and he says, you know my story. He says, verse 2, and by the way, Paul has not met the Ephesians at this point. So this is not something where he's like, hey, I've been there and talked about it. They have heard about Paul's story. Uh, People in the congregation probably had met him at some point, but he had never been to Ephesians when he he wrote this letter. Uh, But they had heard all about his stuff, and that's why this letter is so important to them. And so he says, you have literally, you know my story. And he's saying, he said that Christ himself, uh, he said gave me a calling, and he said reaching you as Gentiles, that is my calling. So he says, so this is my story. He said, because... And here's where the gospel story comes into play. He said, reaching you has been God's plan all along. He said, it may have been hidden a little bit in the front end because we don't, he said, he not really talk about it a whole lot in the front end. But as Christ has come and this revelation has come is that it's not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles. He said, it is literally my job to have a heart for you. It is my calling to have a heart for you. He said, for you. I am out here and I'm preaching the gospel that God wanted from the very beginning. And I would, in my personal opinion, I would like to argue with Paul a little bit. I think that the Gentile part of it was in the story all the way from the very beginning from Abraham as the nation was supposed to be literally a bastion of God's hope for the world. So I do think that the Gentile part was in there from the very beginning. It just was not very explicit. And so he's saying God has wanted this from the very beginning. And now I'm here and I have a heart for you. Therefore, he says literally, "For this reason, I kneel. I kneel." You see, for us to gain God's heart uh, for others, we starts off with prayer. He's saying, "I am kneeling literally right now, And that position is important. The position is important because it is literally a position of uh, it's, it's a position of humility. If you recognize when you kneel before a king or you kneel before an authority, you're literally vulnerable. you're placing your head down. You are giving reverence to them, but it is also a request. It is a time for them to go, you know, my king, can we please, can, may I please have this? It is a position of request and vulnerability. And that's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, I am kneeling in front of our king for you. I am kneeling in front of our Lord for you. And he says, so what's the request, right? And he says, then I pray. In verse 16, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches. Out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with the power through uh, His Spirit in your inner being. He's literally saying, I am praying for you as the believers in Ephesus. I am on my knees praying for you. He desires God's strength and power in their lives. He doesn't want them just to, you know, just to, okay, I'm, I'm just praying for you. No, He's saying, I'm very specific. I want God's strength and I want God's power in your life through the Spirit. And He's saying He wants them to experience... The fullness of Christ. Like you say, I want you to have the strength and this power because it's the same thing that I get to experience. I want you having a heart for you. I want you to experience the same things. And this is sometimes in our prayer lives where we can pause, right? It's really easy for us to say, I have, uh, God, I want your strength and I want your power. God, help me to understand your strength and power. Help me to understand, help me to understand. And we can stop it there. And it's easy to do that. And that praying for ourselves is not wrong. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that for Paul, he doesn't stop there. He's like, no, I'm praying for my own power and strength, but I am praying for you as Ephesians. I want you to have the power and the strength. He literally has a heart for others in his prayers. And the more we pray, the more we are in communication with God. This is where the sanctification comes into play. The more we pray, the more we become uh, like Christ in every way, the more we literally take on the Lord's heart. And that's for others. Second piece is, it begins with prayer, but it also is uh, to take on, literally to have a desperation for God's heart, means that you want God's best for them. You want God's best for them. And he starts in verse 17, so that. It's the same kind of a thing, you know, for this reason I kneel. He's saying, hey, I'm praying for you to have strength and power so that, here it is, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He's saying, I want you to know who Christ is. I want Christ to dwell within you. I want Christ to be literally all around you. I think that's the song we're coming up with here in just a little bit. It's literally, I want you to have Christ all around you. But why? He doesn't just stop there. Here's the thing. Here's what's interesting. He doesn't stop there. And this is going to sound heretical, y'all forgive me. But he's like, I don't want you just to come to know Christ. There's more. And I want you to be filled with God's fullness and goodness. He's like, I want God's best for you. I want everything that God has to actually you, to, to be in your possession. So listen to what he says as he, goes, uh, as he keeps going. He says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. In other words, with Christ literally dwelling in your heart, you have now been planted and grounded in this love. So he's like, look, there's more. And he says, uh, see, I'm sorry, where did he go? So, I pray to grab love. May, uh, may have power, that you may have power, and here's the good part, think about last week, together with all the Lord's holy people. Not only will you have strength, but you will have power, but you will have power because Christ is living in you, you will know Christ's love, but you will have power in community. you have power when you're all together in community to understand the vastness of Christ's love, literally how deep and how long and how wide uh, and and uh, let's see, what was the other part? I always forget this one. How wide, how, and how high uh, is the love of Christ? He's like, I want you to have that strength and power so that Christ can live in your heart so that you can have a community of support there as you dwell into these things together and you will understand how vast and full the love of Christ is in your life. And he literally tells them, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. He wants them to explore he wants them to have a fullness, an absolute fullness, because he has a heart for others, and he wants them to experience every bit of Christ that they possibly can. When we are in the community as a church, this should be our desire as well. I don't like to shudder, and I don't like to alter you. I don't. You should have been doing this. You ought to be doing this. I don't do that stuff. I don't should and alter people. But this is truly the heart of behind why we are in the community when we are out serving others outside of these four walls when we are acting as the church out where we're supposed to be the church because the building is not the church when we are out being the church serving others wherever it is that we live where we work and where we play we want people to be able to experience the fullness of christ we want people to be able to experience how deep and how wide and how tall the, the love of christ is how vast that love of Christ is, so that they know that they are loved, not just by us, but by somebody who's bigger, and we want them to know, hey, Christ is here for you. It doesn't matter if we get recognition. It doesn't matter if we get, uh, you know, whatever in the papers or advertisements or whatever. Don't care. Couldn't care less. Is can we help our individuals in the community? Can we help others to know who Christ is? Can we help them to see and understand? Simply because all we do is have a heart for others. Because of what Christ has done for us, we want to then go and do the same for others. It's that simple. Literally gaining a heart for others. Listen, desperation for God is a desperation for others. Scripture points to that all the way through. There is hardly a single page that doesn't point that God has, a, has literally, when we are desperate for God... We are desperate for others, that God is in the corner of people. When you see that God is actually out there and preaches for and talks and teaches for the outcasts and for those on the fringe, and He's like, love those who are on the edge, love those who have been outcasts, love those who literally need all the love that they can possibly get. You get stories like Jesus tracking down the sheep in the 90, you know, leaving the 99 and going for one. If that's not love, I don't know what it is. He's literally saying, I have caring for others, As I'm going to go after that one. When the Holy Spirit literally poofs Philip into the path of an Ethiopian uh, eunuch's trail of of people behind him, he's got an entire entourage, and he poofs him into that spot. If that is not a care for others, and then poofs him out of that spot and back into where he was. Y'all, we have a God who loves others, and we are to be desperate for that same heart. The cross, for goodness sake, the cross is literally for us as individuals for the entire world. Christ died for others, not for himself. Christ died for others. God literally does not desire for anyone to be an outsider anymore. This whole week, this whole past week, um, (laughs) there's been a beautiful living example of this. Uh, that has just been—it's been remarkable, and, it, it, and I'd i would kind of forgotten. It's one of those things that kind of went in the back of my mind. But I've been at band camp this past week, um, doing the electrolyte popsicles, just serving wherever I can. Um, and it's not because you know we were doing this before I had a kid in band. This is something that we've just had a heart for—is how is it that we can serve in the community? And that's one of the places. Um, and it was reminding me this week at band camp. The, uh, the slogan that they use, there's literally a call that each class has um, that absolutely just, it, it, if this doesn't help us to understand others, or how to have a heart for others, I don't know what will. But it goes something like this, and, there, and, and it goes by class, like the freshmen call out the first line, the sophomores, the second, the juniors, and then the seniors. And so it goes like this, good, better, best, never let it rest. Until your good is better, and your better is best. And then Ms. Pickering will call back, my best for you. And then the whole band calls back, my best for you. You see, there's a recognition in something like this. I know it's so simple. There's a recognition in something like this that for the band to improve, individuals have to improve. And for individuals to improve, it absolutely makes the group better. Last week, we talked about a desperation for community. And that in the desperation for community, it is literally for us as we are wanting to grow. Not just to say, hey, I'm social and I know everybody and I love everybody. But it's more than that. That God's community helps literally as we know our individual calling, that God has given us a calling for the community. We're to develop that by being in that community. We're to grow and mature in that calling in that community because we can't do this alone. Remember, healthy individuals make healthy community. Well, y'all don't think that the band is any different. Each one of them has an instrument, a literal calling right there. Each one of them has an instrument. And they are to develop and grow and mature, not just as players, but as marchers. And they can't do it alone. You don't have a band of one. You have a band of 180. And improving band members makes improving bands. And all that's great, but here's the part that got me this week, that I was just kind of processing and evaluating while I was there. What makes this work is the mindset they have for each other. It's the mindset that you have to have, and literally, you have to care for others for this to work. My best for you. And it's not just the students who are calling that out. It's Miss Pickering, too. Miss Pickering's calling that out. All the band directors are calling it out. My best for you. I'm going to teach you with my best. I'm going to lead you with my best. The students are saying, I'm going to play for you in my best. Here's the thing. When we are desperate to have a heart for others, yeah, we're going to be on our knees in prayer for everyone else. We're going to love other people. We're going to desire the absolute best for them. And when you are out doing those things, and when you are out and serving people, you are literally saying, my best for you. And then you're also saying, and this is the final piece, really what I desire is God's best for are you desperate to have God's heart for others? To give of your best for everyone else so that they can have God's best for them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: You know, the, uh, the last song we're doing is uh, um, Christ Be All Around Me, and Corey said it earlier in his message. Um, it's something that I've been thinking about is that this song is a prayer, yeah, but if you think about it, though, is Christ is all around us. You know, the song, you know, Give Me Your Eyes for Just One Second, you know, it's, it's saying, you know, open my eyes up. And that when we sing this song we pray this song, it is that God, God, Christ is all around us. We just have to be receptive to it. That's just what's so important about our faith is that it's gotta be, we have to want to be receptive to it. We can't just sit there and be an oyster, all of our faith. And just sit there and come to church, mark off our spiritual checklist and move on. It's the sanctification process, and that's so important. So as we as we sing this last song, let's think about that. Sing it with the intention to open your eyes up and to allow God to open your eyes up and to know that Christ is all around. As I rise,
1: strength of God. God.
3: Oh, okay.
0: So today's benediction is Exodus chapter 6, verse 7. I will claim you as my own people and will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from the oppression in Egypt.